0: Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmaty.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Pushing the Limits. This week, I have Dr. Bruce Lipton. Uh, if you don't know who Dr. Bruce Lipton is, I don't know what rock you've been living under. He's an amazing cell biologist and medical professor. He's the author of The Biology of Belief, The Honeymoon Effect, and Spontaneous Evolution. He's an incredible man who's had uh, a big impact on my life over the years. I've learned much from him. Uh, actually, he used to live in New Zealand until recently, um, but he's just uh, uh, a fantastic, fantastic guy, and I do hope you enjoy this conversation. We talk about uh, genetic Determinism versus epigenetics, um, how to affect your genes, how to turn them on and off, so to speak, how to reprogram your subconscious, uh, how to optimize your health, your happiness um, by changing the programs that are playing in your brain. So I do hope you enjoy this powerful episode with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Um, before we head over to the show, Uh, If you are interested in what Dr. Lipton said, then you might be interested in our epigenetics program. So again, this is all about being above, and he explains epigenetics is above genes. This is more important than what genes you were born with. It's how to influence those genes in the right way using that information. So if you want to understand how to optimize your health, your performance, your longevity, your anti-aging strategies, By affecting the genes in a positive way, giving it the right environment, the right food, the right exercise, the right amount of exercise, the right times of the day, uh, all of these aspects, then you might enjoy our epigenetics program that you can can do to help you optimize your life. Head over to lisatamati.com and hit the work with us button and you'll see our peak epigenetics program there. We also have, of course, our run coaching programs, running hot coaching, a holistic run training system um, based on the five pillars uh, of of uh, run training, mobility work, strength work, and mindset and nutrition and uh, the right supplementation as well. So make sure you check that out at runninghotcoaching.com. Okay, over to the show now with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have one of my long, long, long time heroes that I've finally managed to track down on, on planet Earth, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton with me. Dr. Bruce, thank you so much for giving me some time today. It's just wonderful to meet you
1: lisa i am so happy to be here with you and all of my friends back in new zealand while i'm stuck here in the states uh i I so love new zealand uh uh, when i was young there was a phrase go west young man i started out in new york on the east coast and i went to the next state the next state and i ended up in california and then i said further west and i (laughs) ended up in, in, in new zealand and and um and until the recent time <laughs> yeah, until the it recent was one of the most wonderful places to live on the planet, and now it's a little more questionable yes. uh, because life is being controlled by forces yeah uh, yep yep
0: and we' we're, we're going to dig on to all sorts of conversations today, so yes, I have a, a number of friends who actually were students of yours when you were teaching uh up in auckland um yes. And um so everybody's been you know saying to me hey have you had Dr Bruce on yet and I'm like well no but I'd love an intro guys so <laughs> somehow we managed to
1: find you and get you. I'm I, so glad you did. Thank you oh. for your persistence and your patience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're a very sought after man you you you're just an incredible human being. Um well, I I first read your book Biology of Belief I don't know years and years ago and it changed my life. It changed my my um my outlook on life my my state of consciousness my understanding of how we operate and I, you know i can't even you know repeat the stuff that i learned in there because it's all a bit of a jumble up there but it, can you give us a bit of a background first before we get to biology of belief and all the other crazy things you've done um about dr bruce where did you come from you were conventionally <laughs> trained doctor tell us a little bit about okay. yourself
1: well i'm not a medical doctor i'm very proud of that okay i got a phd <laughs> my mom was oh you couldn't be a real doctor. I said, mom, a PhD is a higher degree in the university. There's no higher degree than that. Empty it down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't satisfy her, though. But I a <laughs> PhD. That's to please, obviously. And yeah. I was um, uh, working on stem cells. And everyone today has heard of stem cells. A uh, uh, brief understanding, a body is not a single entity. A body is made out of 50 trillion cells. The cells are the living entity. Meaning you, by definition, you're a community of 50 Mm. trillion cells. There's no new function in the human body that's not already possessed by cells. So we're just taking a community of cells to make a larger cell us. And I go, well, why is that relevant? Well, we have 50 trillion cells and every minute we lose millions of cells. They die. Skin cells, hair cells. Oh, some of mine didn't come back. I got <laughs> about that. But the idea is like even the whole digestive tract, the lining of the tract, billions of cells every three days replaced. So we're turning over all these cells. And I say, yeah, but if the cells are dying, where are you getting the new ones from? I go, oh, they're stem cells. I said, well, what is a stem cell? I said, it's an embryonic cell. I go, well, why don't we call it embryonic cell? I said, well, after you're born, you're not an embryo. We change the name. But what is it? It's an embryonic cell that can replace any cell in your body. Do you have them? Well, if you're listening to us right now, You've got them, had them because you, you wouldn't <laughs> be here if you didn't have them, you know. So, okay, stem cells are embryonic cells, and they have all this potential. Uh, I was cloning them back 1967. That was like 54 wow. years ago. I'm so proud that I'm old. No, I'm not. I prefer <laughs> to stay young, but. You look uh, young. You I'm young. having a you good <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's from science. <laughs> uh, and, and so I was cloning a stem cell. So what does that mean? I just put one stem cell in a dish by itself, and it divides every ten hours. So first it's one, two, four, eight, sixteen. Mm-hmm. After a week, I got thirty thousand cells in the petri dish. and I go, so what? Well, what is it? And I say, well, they're genetically identical. They all came from one parent. Mm-hmm. Thirty thousand genetically identical cells. And I say, then what? I say, well, I split them up into three dishes. So I have 10,000 cells in each dish, all dishes genetically identical. And I change the chemistry of the culture medium. That's what we grow cells in. gonna mm-hmm. give you a hint how important this is. Okay, I'll give you a hint. And come back to it, right? Yep. Culture medium is the laboratory version of blood. Exactly, where the nutrients okay. come from. Yeah. So we synthesize what human blood made out of, and I put it in a bottle and make culture medium, human culture medium. Uh, but I changed some of the chemistry. So I made three different slightly chemical different versions of culture medium. Mm-hmm. And each plate got its own version of culture medium and environment. I said in one dish, the cells form muscle. In this other dish, the cells form bone. In third dish, the cells form fat cells. I go, wait a minute. They were all genetically identical. What, what controlled which fate it had? And the answer was the chemistry of the culture medium. Yeah, epigenetics. Okay. Wow. And it basically says then, while well, I'm teaching in the school, and especially in medical school, I'm teaching genes control life. This is 100% false. <laughs> that's the research back then that became what is now called epigenetics. Epigenetics. Right. So the I like. relevant. And I say, here's the point. Most everybody out here has been programmed to believe that genes provide the character of our lives, that uh, they came from our parents. Uh, and they determine our traits, and if we don't like our traits, you can't change the genes. And then we also tell you that genes turn on and off by themselves, which then means, well, you have no damn power over all the cells in your body. And that's a belief called genetic determinism, which almost everybody has been still programmed with that, oh, if I have this gene, I have this disease, you know, and I go, totally 100% false, and I'll give you a reason why. What is a gene? I go, gene is a blueprint. I mean, Mm -hmm. I said, well, the body or you look at it and say, oh, look at this three dimensional body. It's made out of 50 trillion cells. I go, yeah, but there are proteins that the cells are made out of and proteins are building blocks like a giant Lego Mm -hmm. set there Mm -hmm. uh, with 100,000 different shaped pieces that you can put together and then turn it into something like me or something beautiful like Lisa. Uh, (laughs) And it's the same the same blueprints are being used. I go, okay, And I say, why? Because proteins don't last long. They break down. Mm -hmm. You put a piece of meat on the table, come back next week. It's not going to look the same at that point. I say, so you have to replace the proteins. They're very complex molecules. I say, well, where do you get the pattern? I go, the DNA is the pattern to make protein. So DNA is a blueprint to make a protein. I go, so why is it relevant? So I say, you go into an architect's office and she's working on a blueprint. And I say, lean over her shoulder. And she's working on a blueprint. Just ask her, hey, is your blueprint on or off? And she would look at you and go, what? What? what the hell are you talking about? It's a blueprint. No it's just a blueprint. Off. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> a gene is a blueprint. It cannot turn on, or off. on and off. It's just a blueprint. It doesn't know what it does, why it does. It, it has no self-knowledge to say, I'm going to turn it on. Who the? No, it can't do that. I said, well, then how does it work? I said, it's a blueprint. But then you have to now recognize there's an architect. I go architect I go yeah what I say the mind is picking out the blueprints to create this yep I go so why is it relevant I say because the architect can read the blueprints blueprints can't turn on and off read themselves so it's an architect that picks which blueprints and then I go and what else can it do? Now, here's the blow away part of the new science called epigenetics. Not only can the architect activate a blueprint, it can modify the readout of a blueprint. A blueprint is to make a protein. They're very long molecules. So imagine you had uh, scissors and tape. I cut it yep. up and pieces, yeah. tape it together in a different sequence. So the original blueprint is still there, but it's in a different sequence, a different protein. Yep. You can make 3,000 different versions of proteins from one gene. Wow! said, so you see it up. the world, how you see the world, will determine which version of protein will be created from a gene. I go, why is it relevant? I say, well, you could be born with a mutant gene. I go, then what? I say, well, <laughs> one of the three thousand versions of that protein will not be mutant. So you can have a mutant gene, not have mutation, but more importantly, you can have all healthy genes, which most people come with, and then through interpretation, change the readout of those genes and manifest any disease in the world. People think cancer is due to a gene. I say, there's no gene that causes cancer. Wake up, there is no gene that causes cancer. Genes are correlated with cancer. Mm -hmm. Meaning um, women, when they get the diagnosis of breast cancer gene immediately psychologically go, oh my God, they visualize the fact that tumors and all the mastectomy, I go, 50% of the women that have that gene never get the cancer. So what are they doing? (laughs) That's (laughs) exactly the point. Possession of the gene did not cause the cancer. That's the point. I said, well, what caused it? I said, well, the architect is reading the genes. I said, well, then what's the architect trying to create? And I go, "Uh uh-oh. You mean your consciousness is activating the cancer? I go, yes, it is. Wow, is that a problem? And like I say, it's a problem because our conventional thinking is cancer is due to stupid cells with stupid genes. And what do they do? They want to kill the cells. They give them chemotherapy and they give them radiation. They kill them. I say, the cells. Didn't make that decision. It was the architects who made that decision. The cells could have a gene and not cause any cancer, or the architect can read it and, in one version, cause the cancer if that's what the architect is trying to create. Doctor
0: Bruce, don't do like we—we we don't consciously go. I want cancer, and I'm going to create cancer in my body. So what? How well, we, do we? What, where is this?
1: This? This? this architect it, Look, we go to architect school. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those people never pass and become architects because why? They just don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go, but if they're going to be architects in their own life and they're not good architects, and I said, then what do you think they're going to create? And I said, probably something that's not stable and super good. They don't know. And I said, but those that really understand the nature of our conscious creating architect has a, a different perception on how they're going to create with their blueprints. Right. And, 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 and I go, why is this relevant? Well, here's a fact. Less than 1%, I mean, emphasize, less than 1% of all diseases are connected to genes. Wow. I, say, why? Yeah. I said, why is that Robin? I said, well, where do you think 90 plus percent of disease comes from? I go, architect. And I go, lifestyle, stress changes the picture. And the architect trying to deal with that can destroy the system without even knowing they were doing it. Without
0: even knowing they're doing it. so."
1: Point. And that's where knowledge is power. And I say, but a lack of knowledge is a lack of power. And I yeah. go, so where's the, where's the issue? I'll tell you the simple issue was is this. You've been programmed to believe in genetics. And I go, what is that? The belief that the genes control the character of my life and I'm a victim of my heredity. And I go, well, that makes you a victim. And I say, a victim is powerless. You say, oh, I've got the breast cancer gene. I have no control over my breast cancer. I am powerless because I gave the gene power. I say, that's genetics. I say, what is genetics? This disease is, uh, this gene causes this disease. I go, oh, well, that's genetic determinants, the belief that all of our issues are coming from there. Yep. The new science is called epigenetics. Yes. So I say, epigenetics creates this disease. I say, what does epigenetics mean? Uh, Epi means above. You're reading uh, it in we, call skin. Skin. we call skin epidermis. Yep. I say, why do we call it that? Because just underneath the layer of skin is a layer called dermis. Mm -hmm. So I say, what is skin? Above the dermis. Oh, Mm -hmm. above epi. Epidermis. I say, what is epigenetics? Control, epi, above genetics. I go, what do you mean, control above the genes? I go, yeah. I go, where's that control? I say, consciousness. I go, why is that relevant? Because if the genes control my life, I'm a victim. I have no power if they're going to do the switching and do all that stuff. But an epigenetics, says that my consciousness is creating this. And therefore, if I change my consciousness, I change my biology, change my behavior, can do anything with it. And all of a sudden it says, well, then I'm not a victim. I am a master. Now the right. problem is this. If you don't know how it works, you you could ruin the vehicle. <laughs> you exactly. know, used to driving automatic cars. I say, look, I grew up with standard shift. Uh, and I say, take my car to town. You get in the car. Oh, I don't drive a standard shift. I say. Drive it anyway, and, and you rake it, <laughs> And then you call me from town and you say the car's broken, it doesn't work anymore, and I say, "Wow, well, you you're an idiot." You know <laughs> what I mean? You don't know how to drive it. And I said, "No, I already told you I didn't know how to drive it." You were the one that said take it, <laughs> and I go, "What's the point? If we don't know how to drive the vehicle, and we're given control of the vehicle, does that mean we're going to be successful?" And I go, "I have no idea, but I can sure as hell." Prove that you could also be very unsuccessful, because um, the healthcare crisis on this planet is not due to genetics; it's due to lifestyle, exactly uh, stress levels, which are controllable. So we're not victims; we are absolute masters. And Lisa, this is what you had to reveal through your work with your mother, and I'm very proud of you for doing it. Because (laughs) I'll give you a point: we get programmed. Everybody's programmed. I go, the Matrix. (laughs) Pretty much (laughs) everybody's Uh, program. And there's a simple reason why. So it's not like like new age. No, no, this is no science. I'll tell you why. The brain is a computer, Mm -hmm. best powerful one we ever knew or can. Okay. I say, but it has the same functions. As a desktop computer. I go, what are they? I say, well, you go to the store. Let's just say you're buying a new computer. In the old days, you'd buy a computer. You bring it home. You push start. It boots up. Screen lights up. And then I say, now do something. Write, uh, make a drawing, a spreadsheet. And you mean, go, oh, can't yeah can't can't do it. I say, why not? First, you have to put programs into the machine. Once the programs are in, then you typing can engage your stuff into the machine. But the program has to be there 1st a child's brain boots up in the last trimester of pregnancy. Wow. But now it has to have programs. I say, what kind of programs? I say, how to be a member of a family, how to be a member of a culture, a community, because you're going to have to be a participant here. I said, are there rules? And I say, you bet there are rules. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how's an infant going to learn all the rules? And I go, nature took care of that because you can't program culture in there; it's learned. Mm-hmm. So nature created the first seven years of a child's life as a state of hypnosis to do what? Download the programs. Mm-hmm. How do I behave as a member of family? Well, watch your family, watch yep. your parents. How do I behave as a member of a community? Watch the community because a child's uh, brain is in a state of hypnosis. Called yeah. beta. Mm-hmm. vibration, yep. mm-hmm. And so for the first seven years, it's just observing behaviors and recording them by observing behaviors of others. And now I got, there's two problems here. Problem number one, your wishes and desires may not be their wishes and desires. <laughs> so Their programs will never get you to your destination. And number two, almost all the people who just programmed you have bad programs. Up to 60% of all of our programs are disempowering, self-sabotaging, limiting beliefs. So they pass mm-hmm. that on to you. Mm-hmm. And you program, don't even know. You didn't even know it because you weren't even conscious. <laughs> Not until age seven does conscious become a predominant activity. So mm-hmm. I say, you've been programmed for seven years by observing others. Worst part, without consciousness, there was no filter to say this is a good program, this is a bad yep. program. So you well,
0: downloaded whatever, you cra- every you came program.
1: Yeah. And if you downloaded from people who are now generally about 60% of their programs are disempowering or self sabotaging. Well, then you just downloaded yourself, and you didn't know it. (laughs) Why? You weren't even conscious yet. And I go, oh, we were all programmed. I go, now the serious part. In those programs, there are things that we learned as programs. Now, when it comes to the issue that Lisa and her mother had is based on this. Most of us in that seven-year period where we learned programs acquired an understanding that when it came to health, who the hell are we? We go to the professional. We go to the the doctor. doctor. And I say, so what what did we learn in that first seven years? I don't know about my health, but the doctor has a truth. So I say, why is that relevant? Well, if consciousness and belief are controlling our lives, then you allocate to the doctor the choice of what truth is. Mm -hmm. Then you will manifest their truth, Mm -hmm. whether it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. When I go, why is that relevant? I go, because we give up power to the words of the doctor. And then we put that information into our program and then live with that program. And if you get a negative prognosis, then guess what? What did you just program? I'm going downhill folks. That's what the program said. Yep. Uh, and, And in fact, Uh, We're dealing with that
0: right now, Dr. Bruce, if I can interrupt briefly. So we're on a cancer journey now after our aneurysm journey. (laughs) You wouldn't believe it. (laughs) We had, you know, got through years of rehabilitation, got mum back to awesome, and then we got a brain tumour, and now it's turned out to be lymphoma. And three doctors that I've been to have said she's terminal, there's no hope, go home, get yourself ready. to. And my mum... This is a, this is the cool thing. She comes out of the office. I'm terrified for her, right? I'm like, Oh my God, what's she, what's that just done to her psyche? She walks out and she goes, I said, Mum, I want you to ignore what that doctor just said. They don't know me and they don't know my friends and they don't know my, my doctor friends and my other, they don't know. Okay. And she says, Of course not. They've never known. <laughs> and I will take from them what is what is of interest to me and I will ignore the rest. And she's that, that done that three times important. in the last
1: week. You the know? most important thing. Most important is to say, wait, I'm in power here. Yeah. Uh, and the fact is because we've been programmed to not express power. And I said, well, what does that mean? Well, if you're programmed to be a victim, of this, guess what? You're also programmed to be a consumer. What do you mean? I say, Well, if I can't take care of my health, who will I pay? Pharmaceutical companies? If I can't take care of my spirit, who am I going to pay that's going to help me with my spirit? And I go, because once you see yourself as powerless, you must seek outside source of power Mm because you do not have it yourself. And we have been programmed to be that. And that is so untrue. We are creators. each and every one of us are creators. Uh, the movie The Matrix, a lot of people think it's yeah. science fiction. Like, yeah, no, that's true. The that Matrix yeah. is a documentary. Absolutely. <laughs> say, wow, everybody got programmed. We're all programmed. And I say, yeah, but the cool part in the movie is there's a point where you can take a blue pill or a red pill. Yeah, yeah. And I say, if you take the blue pill, you wake up and you're back in the program. Life is just the way it's been every day. But if you take the red pill, you get out of the program. And I said, well, what's the consequence of getting out of the program? Mm. And the answer is this. Almost everybody that's listening to us, including yourself and me, we have been programmed, okay? And our life runs whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then I said, what happens when you fall? In, you meet somebody and you fall in love? And 24 hours later, his life is you- like, Oh, life is so beautiful. The food, great, music's great. Not even going to talk about the sex because that's obviously pretty great too. And I go, oh, oh, wait, blah, 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 24 hours later, heaven on earth. I go, what the hell happened? The answer is the red pill. Science has recognized that. that when we fall in love, we stop thinking, which is what diverts our control to the automatic pilot. When we are thinking, we're not paying attention outside. So, automatic programs that we downloaded take over. Our life is 95% not coming from wishes and desires because 95% of the day we're thinking. I go, why is that relevant? I said, well, when consciousness is paying attention, it's looking out the window. But when consciousness is thinking, it's looking inside the head. Mm-hmm the answers are inside your head. They're not out here. So when you're thinking, you redirect focus of consciousness. And I go, well, what if you're driving the car and you start thinking? And I go, you let go of the wheel. Consciousness, let's go of the wheel. It's not controlling right now. Why? Consciousness is inside. So, well, I, I didn't hit anything. I'm still driving. Everything's good. I'm, I'm on the road. Everything's great. And I go, subconscious program is autopilot. Mm. When we are thinking, the autopilot steps in. well, you got a program. You learned how to drive. It's a habit. You know how to drive. You don't have to think about it. It's a habit. Just like walking. You don't think about walking. It's a habit. Okay. So the point is this. 95% of our life is not coming from creative conscious mind because that's the amount of time we spend thinking. So my life is playing out programs from my subconscious habits. And I go, well, why is it relevant? And here comes the problem. Well, if you're thinking, you're not paying attention to what's going on. If you're not paying attention to what's going on, then if that program is a good program, that's fine. But what if that program is a bad program and you still didn't see it? Mm -hmm. You didn't see it. Uh, Lisa, for 40 years, I tell the same story. So I'm going to tell it again because until there's a better one, this is it. It goes like this.
0: Yeah, this is key.
1: You have a friend. You know your friend's behavior very well. And you happen to know your friend's parent. And one day you see your friend has the same behavior as their parents. So you're going to, you know, hey, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. Back (laughs) away from Bill. I know exactly what Bill's going to say. And Bill's going to say, how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like him.
0: Completely different.
1: And almost everybody laughs because they all have that experience. I say, this is the most profound story for this reason. Everybody else can see Bill behaves like his dad. That's where he got the program from. Mm -hmm. The only one who can't see it is. Bill, because <laughs> <Why? laughs> he's, he's a playing enemy. the program because he's not paying attention. So whatever's coming out, Bill does not see that. It doesn't come out. Actually, this is fun because sometimes as we're coming back to conscious control after playing a program, while the program is just ending, mm-hmm. sometimes, oh, I was just doing my mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually yourself. <laughs> You just caught the end of the program and you saw, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was being somebody else. I go, 95% of the day, you are somebody else. You're not who you are. And the programs you have determine the character of your life. You've got good programs and you're going to have a great life. You've got crap programs and you're going to have a crap life. Why? It's a script that you're playing, a screenplay. We're actors. Here's the stage. I say, what's my script? I say, you got it. It's a program. I go, why? Uh, because whatever you learned in that period shapes the rest of your life. Is this new science? I said, well, relatively new in the field of science, yes, but guess what? The Jesuits they have knew told their followers years 400 years they told yep. the truth. Nobody really understood. Yeah. Give a child to a seven. Seven. And I'll show you the man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It turns out they're right. Seven years is the program period. And then 95% of the rest of the life is from the program. So whatever went in, in the first seven years, Generates 95% of your life, which is why let me put the program in and I'll determine the character of your life. That's the fact. They've been saying that for 400 years. Now, science has finally caught on and go, oh, my God, that was a programmable period. (laughs) And we got these programs and then we run them 95%. Then, oh, then, yeah, they were right.
0: So what can we do,
1: Dr. Bruce? Like we've got these programs that we download. Like
0: give the example, I heard in one of your lectures, you you know, a kid that's born into a poor family, will likely to grow up and not just because he's lacking in resources, but he will likely be poor because he's learned or that program. 95%
1: of the programming from a poor family. So we can't get out of the hole. We're in the hole. We can't afford things. Life is tough. Everything. I go, well, that's a program. Live it, but the rich people come from hey everything's coming here on a silver platter man we got all this stuff we got everything like this i go well that's a different program they're not coming from want they've got <laughs> that yeah. program i'm not looking for wealth i am wealth that's what the program says the yeah. other one says i am poor am i looking for wealth yeah well that'd be nice but you know i can't make it you know why i'm yeah. poor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poor means you're not getting it so I say, so that is an example of epigenetic programming. I say, two people, one comes from a rich family, one comes from a poor family. Uh, generally, the poor family, generally, the poor family, one will stay poor. And the rich and one, say the, even if they're stupid, you know, like uh, Donald Trump. He came <laughs> from a rich family, but he's a, he was stupid. I go, stupid. what? He still had money. How did he do it? He actually, he <laughs> didn't have money. He was smart enough to live off other people's money. But the fact was what? he's still in a wealthy category for a guy who doesn't have a lot of intelligence. Yep. Uh, And I go, wow. And I say, why? Because 95% of his life is not from his creativity. It's just coming from the program. believes a wealthy family.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've seen this in my life because, you know, we grew up in the, you know, standard sort of working class, middle class family where things were tight and things were, you know, always a, a bit of a struggle for my parents and so on. And so I've adopted that mentality, haven't I? And I, you know, like I'm working on, reprogramming and this is where we're going to get to now because there's reprogramming but that? That.
1: send me a million dollars you know? <laughs> okay never mind i'll tell you it's, it's easy you don't have to worry about it okay <laughs> <laughs> how do we I'll change it <laughs> to understand reprogramming the first thing you have to understand that there are two minds that we call the mind right behind your forehead the yep. latest evolution of the brain is a place called prefrontal cortex that's the seat of consciousness Consciousness is you your your specific identity, your spiritual domain, you here the rest of the brain back here is called subconscious, below conscious meaning it runs things without you paying any attention you don 't have to worry about your heartbeat, your breathing, your body temperature it 's all automatic running, but there are other behaviors in there as well, okay, so I go, so what 's the relevance and I go. The two minds have different functions, and most importantly, they don't learn in the same way, and that's why we have so much of a problem of changing. So the first thing is this. A, we've been programmed. I go, yeah, everybody had to be programmed because that computer brain wouldn't work until you put the programs in first. Okay? And so I say, okay, we're all programmed. And then I say, "Uh, what we want to do is change the program. I go, well, it depends on which mind we're dealing with. I say, conscious mind is creative. That's the character. Imagination can become manifest as real. If I can imagine it, I can make it. Okay. The subconscious mind is not imagination. Subconscious mind is habit, just habit. How to walk, how to talk. Anything you've done repeated in your life has become a habit. Mm-hmm. And I go, so why is it relevant? It's not creative. It's just going to play, it's a program. It just knows how to do this. Okay. And I go, so why is it relevant? I said, Because it doesn't learn in the same way that the conscious mind does. Conscious being creative, read a self-help book, go to a lecture, listen to this podcast. Just go, aha, I'm changing conscious mind because it's creative. Subconscious mind is a habit mind. Well, the first definition is this. Habits, if they change, then they're not habits, are they? (laughs) So the definition or character of a habit is it does not change. Because if it changes, then it's no longer the habit anymore. Okay, So... The conscious mind can put stuff in creatively, think, read, watch, put it in there. But the subconscious mind has to learn in a different way and it resists change. And that's where the problem comes because mm. if our lives are coming from the subconscious mind, I say, well, how, you know, how do you change it? And it's like, well, if you didn't know how to push the record button on this computer, then you're not going to get there. You you know, the subconscious is like a hard drive. I go, why is it relevant? I say, okay, you want your computer to change? I say, well, then talk to it. But, hey, computer, change. Hard drive, come on, put a different program in there. I don't like that program. Program sucks. Give me another program. I go, how much talking <laughs> computer will yeah. it take before the program changes? The answer will never Locked. change. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you must know there's a record button. I go, ah. Oh! Now I tell you the record button, okay? And the record button is this there's three ways that you can positively change a program okay number one is the way you learned them in the first place was for seven years your brain was in a lower vibration and consciousness called theta and uh and it was a theta is hypnosis so i say if you can get your brain back into theta then hypnosis you could just put information downloaded in the, into the subconscious you say well how does that happen i go As adults, there are ranges of vibration. When you're sleeping, it's the Mm -hmm. lowest called delta. When -hmm. you start to wake up a bit, theta kicks in. When you're awake and conscious, now you're in alpha. And then when conscious is ready to go to work, you're in beta. Okay? And the significance is this when you come home, it reverses. I started with beta. I come home, I relax, I calm down, I'm in alpha. And the moment I disconnect consciousness, alpha shuts off, the next zone is theta. I say, what's that? I say, mm. subconscious is operating, not conscious. I say, so why is it real? I said, well, you put a pair of earphones on, and you play a program through those earphones of what you want to be true in your life. And every night you put the earphones on, and now you might, uh, you push the program, you might hear the program a bit, but the moment you fall asleep, alpha shuts off. You're not conscious. Theta is still working. So whatever is coming through the earphones is not going into awareness at all. It's going straight into the program. That's called self-hypnosis. Wow. Okay. And it's a short period of theta, so you have to repeat this every night. But it's simple. You don't have no work. What are you doing? I'm going to bed. Put the earphones on. Go to bed. <laughs> As a matter of fact, what's interesting is the first time I ever used one of those was Louise Hay uh, one. And what was interesting was there was a relaxation exercise before you get into the program. Right. So it starts off, okay, let the tension go from your hands and let you know, then let yeah. the tension go. And, and the thing was, the first time, sure, I went through the whole thing, even heard some of the program, and then fell asleep. The next time I heard it, by the end of the relaxation thing, I was oh, already asleep. Yeah, and yeah. the third time and fourth after that, I just started. And even before they get through the rag- relaxation, I'm out. So it was wonderful. It was like, oh, help me go to sleep right away. Yeah. Because the moment I'm out is the moment then theta is in operation, and I can download the story coming in. So I
0: learned a language like that. You know, I'd play German in my ear when I was living in Austria. And every night I'd do that before I went to sleep. And I'd just be surrounded by television, whatever was playing as well. And that just went in, like without ever going to a German course or anything. And that's yeah. immersion. It's the immersion technique, right? <laughs> you
1: know, well, your subconscious takes it up. And we're in that immersion part for seven years mm. where we're just downloading. Yeah, but, but after age seven, we're not using that way, but I'm still learning habits. Like I learned how to drive. Yep, You yep. learn how to play an instrument. You learn how to ride a bicycle or something like that. I go, well, how'd you learn that? You're not an alpha. I go, repetition. Yep. Practice is the second way of changing the program. Right. The more you repeat something, the more it becomes a solid program. So uh, I like, you know, the new age people, and they made a funny statement. It says, fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I said, well, you're a miserable person. You're unhappy. I said, but you want to be happy. So I said, what do you do all day long? You say to yourself, okay. Okay. I am happy. I am happy. Even <laughs> though you're miserable, it doesn't make any difference. I am happy. Repetition of that will lead to a day where you'll wake up and you won't have to say I am happy because repetition has made a habit. You wake up happy. And then now your behavior will generate happy all day instead of the miserable that you were experiencing. I said, ah, practice, habituation, repetition, is the second way. You you don't like the way it is? Well, then behave in a different way. Huh. And I go, you know what's interesting? Actors that are really good use this, and it changes them.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, Renel Zewager, she started Zelwager, Gene Smart, the, print, the Diary of somebody there? Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one. Uh, Bridget Jones or something like <laughs> Bridget that? Bridget Jones, and yeah. It, that character was 40 pounds overweight. What did she do? She put the character into her mind, this character, not just the words of the script, but being this person. Guess what? She gained okay, 40 right. pounds. She gained 40 pounds. And then what? I say, movie was finished? I'm not that character anymore. She went back, lost the 40 pounds just as fast as it came up and went down. Why? Wow. She be, you become the character that you're playing. When you're a great actor, Dustin Hoffman played uh, when the Iceman Cometh, I think it was, uh, which is a very depressive character. And he played it brilliantly as, as he is, a brilliant actor. He had to go to a hospital, a mental hospital. Because the character that he played became so ingrained in his head that he got depressive himself. He had to do that, you know. There are other characters, all different ones, actors who change their lives by changing. I'm performing as this character. Okay, so That's what we're doing. We're all doing as yeah. a certain character that we've learned to be right.
0: and a certain way of being. You so know, like I was saying, I was you saying can to become
1: have, a, an actor yourself, pick a yeah. character, play the role, make it till you make it. <laughs>
0: I mean, I was talking to a friend the other day about this, you know, like I have, you know, downloaded this programming of being a fighter, right? So I go up against things and I fight and I push through and I push the limits and I'm, you know, that's what the title of the show is, you know, relentless. But that creates, also attracts difficulty because, and now I'm only just realizing this, but I'm battling all the time and so I'm expecting to battle all the time. You know, and so now I'm working on changing that program to be not having to battle all the time, you know, because but it's, it's quite hard because there's an empty space. So I don't
1: know. Now, yeah, do you your program has worked. When I did battle all the time, I won. Yes. Okay. Yes. But now you created a, a program that says, well, I must first battle before I do the win. Exactly. The and I don't program want that. Is, I don't need the battle. I just win. Yeah, exactly. How do I get to oh, there, Bruce? It's <laughs> a program. So uh, you can do that through the practice part, you know? Uh, and the third way, so the first one was uh, being in theta self-hypnosis. Second one was repetition, becoming a new practice. And the third one is called energy psychology. It's a whole new branch of psychology. What, what's all new about it? I go, you don't go backwards in the past to f- figure out what Who cares? I say you learned a program through whatever lousy interactions you had as a kid with parents, family, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you walked away with programs. I said, I said, why well, is it relevant? I said, do I have to go back and re- um, reach I got the damn program. I said, no, you got the program. You want to change the program? I said, what's the program? <gasps> piece of advice now coming for our audience, Lisa. Here it goes. Here we go. it. Of advice. <laughs> You weren't there for most of the programming. It started even before you were born. And it went a whole year from zero to one. You weren't there. It went from one to two. You weren't there, but you were getting programmed every day. And so it comes to an issue that says, well, what are my programs? I go, well, this is a problem because your conscious mind wasn't there when most of it occurred. So you have no conscious database to say, oh, my program is this or this. I go, no, you don't have that. But I do have the answer. Because it's so great. And I go, what is it? And I go, ninety-five percent of your life is coming from the program. Your life is a printout of your program. I look at your life. Uh, I go, what does that mean? And I say, Well, the things you like that come into your life, the things you really like and they're there and you feel good about them. I say, they didn't get there by accident. They got there because you have a program to bring those things into your life. But, and this is this is it. You know, if you walk out after this second, this is this is it. And the but is this. OK, the things that you work hard on, stress over, sweat over, put a lot of effort into it. I'm, a make, I'm making this. I'm making it. Why are you working so hard? And the answer is simple. Whatever that destination you're trying to get to, the program you have does not support it. And what are you trying to do? Use Willpower. I go, you're not going to (laughs) win. You're not going to win. You know, uh, like uh, people who put tremendous willpower and lose weight. The moment they let go of the willpower, the weight's right back. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like, why? Because weight is a program. I go, what do you mean a program? I say, especially those that have been abused as infants and young kids put weight on unconsciously it's not the conscious mind saying yeah i'm just gonna put a lot of weight on you." it's the unconscious mind that recognizes that when people are overweight they get less bothered yep and therefore if i'm overweight people will not bother me and i go so why is it relevant?" i said well, you want to lose weight and i said then what are you oh my practice i'm gonna lose weight because i'm gonna eat less i'm gonna exercise and go ahead that's great. I said, but that's not the cause of being overweight. Being overweight is the fear of being abused is diminished by being overweight. So I say, you want to lose weight. Don't worry about the weight. What you want to change is the fear of the abuse. Mm-hmm. Then the weight can be adjusted. Wow. But if you try to adjust your weight physically by pushing on the, you mm-hmm. know, the exercise and all that, I go, you have to stay that way forever. Because if you don't, you just relax back into the 95%. It's going to put the weight back on because wow. that's what, it's protection. It's protecting you. Yes, this some you. subconscious protection. You have to change you. the subconscious pattern of protection and say, I don't need this, okay? Then the weight will go away. But if you don't change that, the subconscious is saying, don't lose that weight. Don't lose our weight because you're so it's not, be vulnerable.
0: you know, like just your, your genetics or you're genetically, you know, like if we look at the Maori or the Pacific Island population, yeah. predominantly, you know, much more high proportions, as we say, of being very muscular and very, very big people and overweight. You're saying it's not necessarily the genetics.
1: No, nope. it's the program because they weren't that way a long time ago. They came into a world which changes who they are, the way they live for centuries. Environment, you know, yes, how yes. they were healthy out there, you know. Some of them, of course, were a little bit uh, cannibalistic, but, you know. way like, <laughs> right back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll but the reality it. was there was a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Then the Europeans brought an unhealthy lifestyle. In America, in Australia, the aboriginal people, got broken yeah, because yeah. the Europeans broke their culture and destroyed them, you know? I mean, we used to have millions of Native Americans. Now we're hundreds of thousands. And where, where'd they all go? Well, they died and they were pushed out and they got bad programming. And, and I guess, so why is this relevant? I say, their health is an expression of their programming. Mm-hmm. And what did you program to be? Oh, well, they drink a lot, you know? They're lazy whatever it is you give them a character and i say now program that into them and then their life becomes exactly what that yeah. damn program you put into them is yeah. Yeah. and i said the only place in the world where that didn't really happen new zealand because they didn't beat the local population they had to so you know
0: we Perfect. hit the Treaty
1: of Waitangi, which uh, yeah, which we're not yeah. happy about because then yeah. think as usual, well we got all the lawyers and you got all the warriors, I think yeah. we're going to win, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Still so yeah. but the point about it is, why is the New Zealand different than other countries? And the answer is the spiritual component of the indigenous Maori didn't get shut out like it did in Australia, didn't get shut out like it did in North America, okay. And as a result, it's still there and it's built into the system. Mm. It was always there from the beginning.
0: we still uh, got issues,
1: you know, but yeah. It's it still got issues, but the idea is if we know what the hell we're talking about, like right here in this program, I say, when do you want to resolve the issues? I say, when you stop doing the damn programming. Yeah. <laughs> stop doing the programming and put a better program in there and the whole world lifts up. Yeah. but you, The programming you have. And I say, why do we keep the programming you have? And the answer is... It wasn't only the Jesuits that knew they could control your life with programming. <laughs> and the programming today is much more insidious. Oh, my than God. You could ever imagine. You, you get much? an infant that can hardly walk with an iPad. <laughs> They're hardly walking. they got an iPad. It's already have That's programming. Yeah.
0: And if you look like, um, you know, like I know I've read all your 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 take on spirituality i wanted to like we can just flip a little bit and go into spirituality one of the things in the biology of belief that really gave me hope because before this i was like okay when you die that's it you're gone probably you know (laughs) you 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 gave a beautiful analogy in the biology of belief that we're like a broadcast and if the tv set you know is broadcasting this tv show right which is lisa and the tv set breaks is lisa gone or is just the tv set broken
1: i.e. your body. Yeah. Well, the um, point was that the broadcast stopped when the television broke. We said yeah. a broken television is a dead TV. Yes. But the question is, but the broad- the show wasn't in the TV. It was sent to the TV. It's just so an it antenna broadcast. Yeah. So when the TV breaks, did the broadcast stop? And the answer is no. How do you know? I said, well, get another TV, plug it in, turn it on, and then tune it to the station. You're and frequency. Boom, you're back on again. And here comes a part, because this is called reincarnation. You cannot die. You're not even in here. You're the broadcast, and you're playing through this, okay? So and we're about- having a, a physical experience, but we're a spiritual
0: frequency. And yeah. you, 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 you used an example in the book, which stuck with me, where there was a group of cells, and I'll probably butcher this, but a group of cells that were taken away from the body, and then something was electrically stimulated in the body, and those cells reacted, something like that. Can you yeah, tell the us
1: that, Yeah, the, they took cells out of a person, and they moved it, uh, uh, what, well, I forgot how many miles. 40 or k's, or
0: k's, k's, away k's, k's, k's away or something, yep,
1: yep. And they had a monitor of the electrical activity, like a EEG for cells to read the electrical activity. Mm-hmm. And they had a split screen. So they had the person over here who gave the cells, picture of them live on half the screen and then the other half the screen is the electrical readout from the cells whatever number miles 40 i forgot what the number yeah, was. Something 40k something yeah and i say well what happened i said when the person had an emotional response here the cell's 40 miles away activated an excitation response at the exact same time. Wow. What does that mean? mind blind. Well, that person had the experience here, but that's part of their field. They're, that's their here, the broadcast. I say, well, why is it relevant? The broadcast isn't just here, broadcast is everywhere. So, anywhere where there are cells that could read that station of I'm you, your station, I'm, I'm a Bruce station, you're a Lisa station, these are our TVs. And I go, what? And I say, any cells that are tuned into that station respond to that station. What's going on? Wherever they are. Move the cells half the other side of the world. Very important point for mothers. This is really like extending this. This is amazing. And they like, okay, what is it? And I say, Mothers have a freaky thing where they can tell when something happens to their child, even though the child's on the other side of the world. Wow. They immediately know something's wrong with my child. Something's gone on. They can feel it. They know it. And I go, how? Oh. And the answer is this that when a fetus is growing in a mother, the placenta cells migrate into the uterus, just like a cancer. They mm-hmm. migrate. Mm-hmm. And when the baby is born, many of the, the baby's cells are still there stem cells. Wow. Well, what in about the them? There are so react- stem cells now in the mother. I go, they first found this out when they were doing liver regeneration studies on people whose liver's regenerating, they did histology and looked at the cells, and they found that a number of women had men, male cells with Y chromosomes. Wow. Like, how does a woman get the Y chromosomes to, in the liver? And it turned wow. out they had male children. Wow. And so the children's stem cells were contributing to the mother's regenerating liver. Holy. And there was another study that showed that stem cells are in the brain. I say, why is it relevant? Because if something happens to the child, wherever they are, the cells are tuned to the same station. So the child could be on the other side of the world, but the broadcast is everywhere. So the cells in the mother's head from the pregnancy that were left in her body are receivers of that signal. So if something happens to the original child, the stem cells of that child in, in the mother's head, Will record that activity just like the electrical activity. No, we no, saw. something's and, wrong. That story. Something's and so that's their mothers and children are connected with each other. Isn't that beautiful? The mother has the cells of the child in their body. Wow. And
0: what about then, you know, when, when you lose loved ones? You know, I lost my dad last year, which I've been really, really, really struggling with. And, yeah. you know, I want to communicate with him. Well, what, what is your take on what happens after we die? Because this is a huge question. You're still right?
1: here the broadcast. He's the, the broadcast. broadcast so but he's here. out there. Still here. He's still here. Well, but does he have a TV to play through? No. no. So I said, But how would you know he's still there? And I said, Look, we can think and keep our mind conscious on what's happening in this world, or we can travel. Intuition. And intuition is not found in here, it's answers that come from up here that come back into here. I said, well, where are those answers coming from? The field of information. I go, and guess what? Your father is part of the field of information. So you can communicate at a level of intuition and and, and get a response back that way. Okay? Right. But if you're depending on any physical characteristic, then you're not going to see that generally at all uh, because it's an energy and you're connecting to a field. That's what the point is.
0: So you can, I can communicate with him. I can ask for, you know, hey, what do, what do I do about this thing? Yeah, and and a you
1: sign. Get you get some it. kind of sign. That and I do. I get amazing signs. Well, it's <laughs> not a coincidence, you see. So when we start to exercise these powers that we've only hinted to here and there and stuff like that, I said, put all these things back together, and guess what? You are a creator. And yet you've been programmed not to create, but somebody else's program. Mm. So I say to people, well, if you're a creator, do you, do you like the war? Do you like the COVID? Do you like the pollution? Of course not. I don't like it. I said, then where's it coming from? I go, 95% of your life came from the program and you bought that program. And you're going to manifest that program, whether your conscious mind sees it, which it doesn't necessarily, you're still going to manifest it. So we're all creating a a chaotic situation on earth right now. Yeah, what's up with it? Programs are not in harmony with life and causing us to have an extinction process that humans are going extinct, not in a thousand years, not even in a hundred years. Yes, because we're destroying the environment. And somewhere along the line, we got some naive idea, especially like out of the Bible. Oh, yeah, well, God created earth and then just stuck us on the top. And I go, no, we came up from the earth if you destroy what's here, you destroy us. We cannot live without the environment.
0: No, what is going on in the world? Like we're in a, we're in a, you know, um, in a state of chaos. I mean, worldwide, we've got COVID going on. Yeah, if we, you don't know, want to dive into that monster, um, <laughs> 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 you know, if we're brave. What a system. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I, there, was a, there was a meme about um, the Amish people and there was a meme of a, of a cartoon guy so, talking to an Amish gentleman and saying, well, why don't you have a problem with COVID and dying from COVID? And he said, because we don't have televisions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> th- this is the programming. I'm saying yeah. the fear, the fear causes the stress hormones to be released, which shuts off the immune system. So mm-hmm. the more you're afraid, the more vulnerable you become. And they're scaring people all the time. Just
0: interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years, and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service free for everybody, and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming... a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on com. That's patro com. We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month, New Zealand, or $15 a month if you really want to support us. So we, we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the Strength Guide for Runners, Uh, The Power to Vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries, and much, much more. So check out all the details, com, and thanks very much for joining us.
1: There's a new version called Omicron. Mm. why, Why is it useful? I said, people don't understand. When an antibody is created against what is called an antigen, the scary thing, okay? I say, oh, on the virus, there are these called spikes, okay? I say, well, the spike is the trouble part. So they take a spike as a sample. Mm -hmm. They make an Mm -hmm. antibody against the spike. I say, why is it relevant? Because that antibody will only know that spike.
0: Mm -hmm. If that spike ever
1: shows up, that antibody is going to glom onto it and knock it out, okay? I go but what happens if a variant of the spike comes in? I go, oh, that antibody doesn't recognize it. I go, what do you mean? Every time there's a variation, then the original vaccine doesn't work anymore because you have to get a new vaccine for the new spike. I go, this will require you to get vaccines like every two or three weeks because the nature of a virus is always to find a variation. That's how they survive. So when a virus is being, the information DNA or RNA and a virus is being copied by a cell, almost all the time it copies 100% like perfect. They copy the genetics 100%. But there's a copying device built into the cells, and it's called error-prone copy. I go, what does that mean? It says, it makes mistakes because it's a sloppy copy. Okay. I go, so why is it relevant? Well, if it makes a mistake and alters the structure of the protein, from a different one than it was originally there, and then the understand. antibody against the original one does not recognize the new one. Hence, Omicron. Hence, Delta. I is, go, is it coming because we're vaccine vaccinating? Like, is the because you you know you're a cell biologist,
0: you understand this stuff, which most of us is just way above well, our heads. The, the,
1: the point about it is this: No, <laughs> we make antibodies against everything in the universe before we're even born. I go, what do you mean? How can you do that? I say because when antibody cells divide, they randomly create a receptor that will become an antibody, it's random. So I say, when a cell divides, this one made that antibody shape. This one made that antibody shape. I say, well, how many shapes are? I say, well, when you have a billion cells, you pretty much damn well covered any kind of shape that can occur in the universe. And so then I say, then what? So I said, the system is designed to then put those naive cells out into the world. I say, why? Because if an antigen, a foreign thing comes in that is complementing a pre existing one of these, it will activate the, the cell yeah. to yeah. engage with that. And then what will it do? Well, the first form of the antibody is like a crude fix. It, it crude, it's almost almost fits, crude can hold on to it. But within three days, the cell will mutate that gene to make it a perfect complement. That it won't bind to anything other than the one that it just wow. recognized. And that's okay? your immune system. So you start with a variety of broad based antibodies, even before anything shows up, and then something comes in. The one that's closest to it will bind to it and then adjust its genetic of that, that antibody to make a perfect complement to the antigen. Now you got a problem. Why? If I make a perfect complement to the spike in the first version, it is no longer a perfect complement to the spike in the new version. And I go, oh, well, then you have to get a new vaccine to do the new one. Or, then, uh, testing. Three weeks later, you're going to have to get a new vaccine to do with another new one. I go, is here's the issue. Is the virus that lethal? The answer is no. People die. I'm not saying there's any joke about it or nothing, man. If you've got people in your family that are dying, there's an issue, and I'm not going to try to diminish that. That's a real thing. But I will tell you this. A healthy person, 99.98% of the population, will have an immune response that will knock out the virus. They'll go through a week of crap called the flu, crap flu. And at the end of that, they'll have the best Antibody defense against not just the spike, mm. the whole, the whole virus, and that not a any spike, variation, a whole virus. Yep. And I go. So ninety nine point nine eight percent of people will go through a week of crap, but come out of it with the best antibodies that could ever have been created. Now, and how said, can we
0: protect but, ourselves? Like, what can we take to take? You know, like well, first, to make sure first, our immune system is
1: up. First, let's understand who are the ones that have a serious problem, and the answer is this. Those that are, A, very old because their immune system is not up to working very hard on it, okay? B, anyone that has health compromises, okay? Uh, They call them comorbidities, meaning something's wrong even before the damn virus showed up. Yep. Diabetes type 2. Obesity, okay? Stress issues in life. Cardiac problems. If a person has these issues before the virus shows up, guess what? Their immune system is already challenged to deal with their day-to-day life. You bring in a virus and it's like, is the immune system going to be able to do it? Not necessarily. Mm. And I say, well, they're the ones that are going to have a problem. I say, yes, those who are compromised will have a problem. Those that are not compromised have a week of crap, 10 days of crap, whatever it is. But they go away, especially with the understanding of consciousness that says, I just beat the virus. I'm good now. Let it go. But then it's like, I'm looking for the long-lasting symptoms. And that's where people say, oh, yeah, for three weeks I couldn't smell. And for this happened and this happened. I go, you're looking for it, man. What you're looking for, you're going to find. That's the nature of creativity. You will find what you're looking for. I say, well, then stop following the directions of looking for all the evil, bad bad." things that are going to toxify, kill you, undermine you, because that's all we're being programmed with. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Watch out for him, that, her, it. I go, you guys are living in protection. <laughs> and protection is stress. And stress is you on your immune system. You your immune system, the beast. <laughs> and that's why we have a, a global healthcare crisis everywhere. Why? We were not designed as living entities to be in stress that is antagonistic to health. Protection and growth. You can't do growth and protection at the same Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. because growth is open. Protection is closed. You can't be open and closed at the same time. So the point is this. The more fear generates the more need for protection generates what? (laughs) A shutdown of the system which then also shuts down the immune system. So the more fear you're in, the more likely you get sick. Uh, Roosevelt, 1933, elected the president of the U.S., and he made a speech, and in that speech, he just said it right out, the simplest bottom line, what is this? The only thing you have to fear is fear itself because the fear is causing disability.
0: Yep, and that's what the whole bloody bloody campaign is built around fear and, and, and ramping up the fear yeah,
1: public. and antagonizing people to be con- contentious with each other, mm-hmm. the vax and the unvax fighting each other. I go, that is the stupidest thing. It is causing a breakdown of civilization because mm-hmm. evolution is community coming together in harmony. And today's world is the antithesis of evolution. It's yep. devolution, and that is what? Separate the world and then make polarized groups charging each other. I go, yep. well, then there's no unity in there. Yep. And the idea that vaxers yes. and anti-vaxers leave each other alone. Why? The vaxers, you want the vax? Get the damn vax! I got no problem with that. No. no don't want the vaxx? Then don't yep. get the vax. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> and if I'm healthy, that's the most important thing. Because if I'm healthy, I can get the COVID, which I had a year and a before it was even announced. <laughs> what? You it was. You got it? <laughs> uh, because I traveled a lot in the world, and I picked it up. Uh, And the fact was, yeah, I had a crappy 10 days, man. You know, it was fever one day, chills, uh, uh, upset stomach, headache. You know, every day it was a little tiny different thing. But guess what? Do I have a fear of COVID? 100% zero. (laughs) Why? I already got a better immune system than any vaccine in the entire world would offer you. Mine is a thousand times better. Yep. Immune system. which has been proven treatment. in bloody studies, just out of Israel, By the way, thousands of people, and yet.
0: So this is not about the. This is not about the immune system and stuff, is it? It's it's about something else. So just on that last point, then before we wrap it up, Doctor Bruce, because I know you probably got to go, but, um, we, 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 you were talking about uh, on one of your interviews that I heard when you were in medical, you were teaching at medical school. And yep. universities, so can you explain to people how funding works for research? Because science is not like this unified body of, of information where everybody agrees with each other and that no. all the scientists are saying, take this or do that. In, in, how does the pharmacological industry work in conjunction with the medical?
1: Okay. Well, the, the first thing that's very, very critical is, and you mentioned it and I want to bring it up because... Science, there's no unity in, in, in science. Everybody is looking at the world in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. When Fauci comes out and says, if you doubt me, you doubt science. I go, <laughs> who the hell are you? Who the hell are you, God? You're the, the, Pope, <laughs> the Pope of science? You know, like you're not the voice of science. Uh-uh. And I can show you as many papers as you want to show me about this virus that you created. I can show you a number of papers that challenge all aspects of everything you just said mm-hmm. scientifically. So you picked your science to sell your story. I said, well, whose story are you selling? Say, the profiteer's story. I said, well, who's the profiteer? I go, who makes money off of this? Oh, they say, in the United States, get your free shop. Yeah, you're Free? Free? Not when the hell no, was free, you had to pay trillion dollars. The drug company didn't give you some free vaccine. No, they making. Need them already, you know. How good is that vaccine? It's so good that we're going to give you in the U.S. six hundred dollars if you get the shot. And thought you're paying, paying me people for a shot yep. that's supposed to help me. Is something wrong? Something wrong. So here's the point: being a professor in a medical school and a research scientist, mm. I can tell you this: who gets funding? The people who send. A, you know, uh, I send in my, my, your my grant application. Stuff. Yep. And I say, does it conform to the belief system of those reviewing that grant? If it doesn't conform to the belief system of them, you're not going to get the funding. Mm-hmm. If you support with your research their point, hey, here's the money, I've the money, you know? And I say, why well, is it relevant? The best science money could pay for. <laughs> exactly. And I go, well, who's paying for it? The pharmaceutical company it used to be, you know, the big one in the world was the military-industrial complex. Pharmaceuticals giving them a run for their money. They're a bigger mm-hmm, complex mm-hmm. of corporations than anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Pharmaceutical companies make these drugs. Now, here comes the, the sale point. We're doing this for you. Mm-hmm. I go, BS. Uh, that means belief system, belief system. BS. I say, they're doing it for them. Yes. And what do you mean? they <laughs> the selling it to you in that way. They're corporations. And I say, why is it relevant? People have no understanding. So I'm going to tell you right now. The first principle of law about a corporation is, is that the mission of the corporation is to make money for shareholders. I don't care what the hell you're selling, what product you're making. doesn't make any difference. The first rule of a corporation is to make money for the shareholder. And I say, so... What does that mean about like in healthcare? care? Oh, they care about me? I say, mm-hmm. no. If they can make money off you, they don't care if you die from the damn drugs. Anyway, what do they No liability, by the way. They're yeah. selling to you every 15 minutes on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, and I go, well, why is this relevant? The drug companies are for the drug companies. We have been misled in programming. Oh, we're here to help you like the friendly banker. Yep. There's no friendly, friendly banker. Ed. you got a lot of money. you got a lot of money. you got a friendly banker. You got no money. <laughs> where's a friendly banker? Okay. I go, why is it relevant? Pharmaceutical company sells drugs. There was a great show on Hulu Network, and it's called Dope Sick, D-O-P-E-S-I-C-K. One word, Dope Sick. The story of the Purdue Pharmaceutical Company and OxyContin, the drug that they sold, which is addictive and mm. and it was okay, devastating yep. community. Mm. How they and the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration people, okay, they're all in bed with each other. They all got the money paid off of each other. Uh, it's like in the U.S., a massive population wants something done, and Congress votes against it. And I go, I thought they're supposed to represent us. And it goes, no, nope, they only represent corporations because that's where their money comes from. Grants, scientific research, grants. You want to do research? sell your ass to the pharmaceutical company, they'll give you the money, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you find research that challenges them, they guess what? Well, that'll Out be- on lost. your ass. <laughs> That's lost. That doesn't, that doesn't work and you can't do it, okay? And I go, so why is all this relevant? The answer is, you're not getting the freedom of science that we once had because it's now controlled by corporate money. And corporations gave you the money because you're going to make them have money. They didn't give you the money because oh, we want to know what the research is. It's like, does your research gonna sell my drug? Yep, yeah, okay. Here's the money. That's what they do. I was in the business. They paid everybody. They paid all the doctors. Oh, try my drug. Oh, you like a lot? If you sell a lot of this drug, we're gonna take you to Acapulco, free trip. <laughs> you know, they were giving gifts and money, vacations, and all this stuff. What? And the dope movie is true. It's a true story. And I say, why why is it relevant? I said, you'll see the operation of a system that is controlled by corporate greed. They were selling a drug knowing people are going to get screwed up. They were knowing people were going to die. They knew that. But did it make any difference? Not for the shareholders. No.
0: And And they sold
1: so much of that. And that's what they did. And so I just need people to understand, we have been programmed to believe that Certain organizations are beneficial for us. And the
0: holy, the sort of the holy, you know, your doctor is, uh, you know, has a higher calling in life, like the Pope. No, they don't.
1: (laughs) No. There are Uh, good um,
0: doctors, there are bad doctors, there are doctors who are sold out, there are doctors who haven't.
1: Well, uh, let me me close with a fact that people don't understand. And I got to close with it because I was a medical school professor and I understand how and why we are here. And that fact is this. In the U.S., in 2000, there was an article in the Journal of the American Medical Association, okay? The article by Dr. Barbara Starfield revealed that medicine in the U.S. is the third leading cause of death. Wow. First, there's uh, heart disease. Yep. Second is cancer. And the third one, I love it because there's a name that is called iatrogenic illness <laughs> and you go what's iatrogenic illness well i'll tell you what it is it's a latin term that says illness as a result of medical treatment wow the third leading cause of death and that was in 2000 so you think okay they've been a time they could fix a lot of this stuff. well an article just a couple of years ago in the british medical journal did the same research and came out with guess what Medicine is still the third leading cause of death in the wow. United States. And that's called medical treatment. Yep. I go, people have so much trust in it, they just walk in there and die. Yep. You know, and, and the pharmaceutical company, it's estimated 300,000 people die from taking prescription drugs every year. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, yeah, but you know, there's about, I think it was 37,000 people die from taking illegal drugs. We got a war against illegal drugs, but three hundred thousand yes, people—they call that the cost of doing medicine. I go, that's too damn expensive. Mm. Yep. And we have been manipulated by corporate greed. Hospitals are there to make money. You know, mm. doctors are caught in like a yep. uh, a the hard place. They're just the people in the middle that came in with the idea of health, yep. but have been programmed to only give this is what we call the treatment you vary this treatment you and you're out your you're in the shit if you do that that's yeah. right and so yeah. in yeah. today's world where this is the covid treatment you do anything other than this and you are going to lose that's your what's happening sense.
0: yeah even and if it, people are dying even if people are being damaged
1: it doesn't make a difference as long as they attacks, take this oh, okay.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and i've seen this I was with my dad last year you know where he was dying of sepsis in hospital after a aortic aneurysm and i wanted intravenous vitamin c you think I could get that when he's dying and they have no other options? Hell no. Yeah. It took me fifteen days of battling the ethics committee. And I, I won the right, but it was too late for my dad, you know? And oh, that, that, and well, I had that, the that, clinical data. I had the professors behind that's me. I had
1: that's not every, the only case from New Zealand where I've heard about that because there were other other New Zealand patients that pushed the yep. medical people and yep. saved the life. Yep. Alan the, Smith the, is, the is one of the ill people hmm. with mm-hmm. vitamin C. Yep, uh, uh, and still the government represses us in our ability to even use vitamins yep. and all these things because now they want to regulate them as drugs. I know. Which means then you can't. Then we're really stuck. Turmeric or vitamin C or or uh, you know magnesium or something without a prescription. It's like well, wait a minute, those those are health issues yep. uh, that we all do here. Not, not when they turn into a drug because then it becomes regulated by pharmaceutical.
0: And that's where we're heading to now. And they're starting to shut off even yep. the simplest uh, basic things. And so, you know, which is really, really beyond. <laughs> uh, but, no, I'm a happy guy. Well, Why? we're happy. and we we're, 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 don't we're live very, in that world with them. Exactly. We don't. Yeah. No. And, and
1: that's, that's what, what we to need define. to finish on, Dr. Bruce, because. Oh, I know we're going over time with it.
0: I love it. I love it. I, I mean, I could talk to you for hours because you're just amazing. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do want to respect your time and I thank you for your, your, your braveness and your courageousness and your career to stand up for what you believed. And when you saw something wasn't right, you stood up for it and it wasn't easy. I, I know. Um, but, it, but I'm it, still here. You're still
1: here and you're happy. And I'm a lot younger than my colleagues who were a lot older than me and we were all the same age. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> decrepit and I'm still having a great life on planet earth, honeymoon land, heaven <laughs> on earth, because the program is different.
0: Honeymoon effect. Everyone go and read biology of belief, honeymoon effect, uh, okay, a spontaneous so, evolution and check out everything that Dr. Bruce Lipton does. You're a legend, Dr. Bruce. Thank you so
1: much. I am so happy to be here, Lisa. Thank you for your effort to say, I'm not buying that crap. I'm making it my way. And I hope that's the message that we pass to all the cultural creatives who are looking at this show saying, there's got to be alternatives to this. And the answer is, yes, there are. And the first one is take your power back. Take your power back.
0: That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisa.tarmati.com.